Welcome back to the Baggies Broadcast special guest episode for you in this boring international break. We're back for part two. Part two of Tony Pulis coming up for you today. Now, you'll be thinking, you know, how's Johnny recording this with Lewis? Lewis is on his honeymoon at the moment, um, but he's he, he's he Skyped in, he's, he's Zoomed in, he's Microsoft Teamsed in from whatever beach he's sitting on at the moment. He hasn't been. Yeah, yeah. This, 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 this was recorded this, two weeks back- ago. This background is definitely not Wolverhampton. <laughs> it's definitely the uh, yeah Southeast Asia's glorious sandy white beaches. Uh, yeah, uh, not quite. But uh, could you imagine? Uh, I think I'd find my way to a to a quick divorce, actually, Johnny. Probably, if, uh, yeah. Record time. If, if, record time. If you made if you made me do that, but uh, no, <laughs> mercifully not. There we go. But uh, yeah, part two of Tony Pulis today. I hope you really enjoyed part one. Some really good topics. Um, part two, a little bit longer than uh, than part one and some really good stuff. We really delve into Pulis's time at Albion, those sort of two full or two fullest seasons, I think. And then, you know, how it all sort of came to an end. The takeover from Gouch and Lai. Um, Albion looking very different off the field back then to what they're looking at now. Pulis was here right at the very start of that and through that sort of transition from Jeremy Peace to, to Gouch and Lai. And he spoke, speaks about... Um, both of those individuals talked about finishing 10th with Albion. Um, some really good, interesting stuff, Coxie, for fans to listen to about um, the reason for, for his trusty assistant's departure, for Dave Kemp's departure after Albion sort of had a couple of rotten ends to their their campaigns after looking so well. But um, And some up-to-date stuff. Spoke about um, the only man who's still in the squad that Pulis signed, Matt Phillips. Um, and he spoke spoke really glowingly about Carlos Corbran, which was was nice to hear. Yeah, I thought, particularly in this section, Johnny, towards obviously the end of his Albion spell, I thought he, he was quite sort of honest and candid, wasn't he, about um, admitting when things didn't start to feel how he wanted them at the Hawthorns, when he's, as you say, his trusted uh, lieutenants departed the Hawthorns. And, and yeah, that, that's always going to be a bit unsettling, isn't it? And, and he was quite telling on good Albion people moving on, wasn't he? Quite quite firm on that. And um, you could definitely sense from what he was saying, he got the the sort of feeling that, that time was was coming to an end. I think he said, didn't he, if memory serves, um, that he felt he'd sort of job had, job had done or, or whatnot. But um, yeah, it, really, really interesting to hear um, because you don't, you don't usually always get that sort of, that inner feelings of how managers who moved on from jobs or lost jobs actually felt towards the end when things can get a bit sticky or difficult. Um, so, yeah, hopefully. I know, I know the first episode went down well, didn't it, Johnny? And um, trust trust the same from this second part. Some fascinating subjects. So, yeah, enjoy. Yes, enjoy indeed. Here you go. Part two, when the Bays broadcast met Tony Pulis. Tony, you spoke about um, right at the top of the conversation about you know your leaders and your experience in the dressing room, um, sort of trusted trusted players. You had trusted lieutenants with you throughout your career as well. And at Albion, you, you've mentioned Dave Kemp a number of times. Yeah, Jerry Francis at Albion as well. Um, yeah. Is that sort of you know you all come as a package almost? Obviously, it's your name on the tin. You're the you're the man in the press conferences before games and the people you see on the touchline. But how key were they were they at Albion during your time there? Oh, Johnny, I, I, bro- I broke the mould, really, because managers don't like having senior people above them. You know, I think Pep has at, <laughs> uh, at Man City, but generally they'll have managers have younger people. Yeah. Them. But Jerry was older than me. Kempy was older than me. Um, in my early career, I had Linster Parsons, who was older than me. I always liked experienced people. I was never, ever, ever 
insecure enough to think, oh, blimey, they're after my jobs. You know, I, 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 I always believed in what I did. And I always believed that the people that I brought in, never mind, I'd never worked with Jerry before. I'd worked with Dave before, but I'd never worked with Jell before. I never, ever thought that he would he would come in and be a, an obstacle rather than a, a benefit to me. But they were good. You know, Jell come in three days a week. He'd come in on a, um, a Monday and a Thursday, or sorry, a Tuesday and a Thursday, and then watch the game on the Saturday, travel up to all the, the, the games and watch the games. So he was fresh. He wasn't embedded in the weekly, you know, the, the weekly training, all the nonsense going on. Or, so every time Jell come in, he was pretty fresh. He was very, very good at going home after games, analysing the game, looking at the game and, and, you know, discussing certain things that, that I thought was important. Kempy was not, Kempy was a good coach when he was younger, but as he got older, he, more, he enjoyed the games more. He enjoyed the, the 90 minutes on a Saturday. You know, all the training that we did, all the preparation was brilliant. And he would stop me and say, I don't think we, you know, we're, we're doing that well enough. I don't think switches. We always worked on switches. We always worked on certain things in a game. Um, we had people who we thought were weak. We would, we would definitely identify certain people, especially in the back four, that we'd like them to have the ball more than other people who would have the ball. Certain things like your teams would play with pace against you and try and counterattack, we would play a little bit deeper. If we thought they were going to build up, we'd push on and we'd, we'd engage a lot earlier. So we'd do different things. And Kempy would be, he'd pop in and say, I don't think he's got it. I'm not sure he's got it. Have a look tomorrow. Do a little bit more on this. I would do. But Dave was good on match days. You know, I can remember one instance, I ain't going to tell you the football club I was at. But we, we were winning 1-0 and it was about five minutes to go and the other team had so much pressure. And I've turned around to look at the bench and Kempy walked up to me and, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm looking around just to see if we can make some changes. He said, listen, son, you got nothing there that's better than what you get on the pitch. Just keep those buggers going. You know, <laughs> he, would, he, would, he would just come out and wash it clean for you so you had nothing you know, spinning in your mind that yeah. you should do or might do or whatever. Dave was just very, you know, I talked about me being pragmatic, but Dave, Dave was very similar. So Jerry, Jerry did it in a fresh, more upbeat way. Kempy was more pragmatic, down to earth. You know, results mattered. And for us to get results, we had to be a team. And that, that was what we based everything on, really. That yeah, it's, that dynamic is fascinating because I remember Jerry Francis sat in the stand a lot, didn't he? Was he sort yeah. of communicating with you in games, or was it just from an analytical point of view he'd go away he'd, and he'd, look he'd at it? He'd come down at half time and and you know he'd come and he'd either be waiting for me and just pull me and say, listen, you've got to sort this out or you've got to get that sorted out. Or if we were doing well, he'd come in and go, you know, everything's fine, just keep it going. He'd walk around and talk yeah. to the players. Kempy would be the same. Obviously, I there was only one singer, one song in 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 my management, and you know I'd be the one who would do things, um, and and be the one that would you know pull people out if I had to or or encourage people. But they 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 were fantastic for me. And and you know you, you got a, an England captain at 21 years of age who managed you know uh, QPR. Well, they finished third or fourth. They were in the you know, in the Premier League, he took Tottenham, you know, to great 
heights as well in the Premier League. Great experience as a player, coach, manager. Uh, and Dave was the same, you know, David, David worked with some top, top players and worked in different situations in different areas. Um, and, you know, it's no substitute for experience, especially when the pressure's on. Yeah, that, uh, that season, uh, Tony, another good cup run. Uh, I think you got to sort of the last 16, I believe, that year. But yeah, you were flying in the league. I think you, after beating, you know, you had a really good run. I think you beat Man United 1-0 in March and... So you were looking for a, looking at a really good finish. I think it, like you said, the following season, it tailed off a bit at the end. I think it was nine without, well, without we, a win at the end of yeah, that campaign. Was it just sort yeah. of ran out of steam in them seasons? Or the, the players were on a big bonus for staying in the Premier League. They weren't on a big bonus for finishing in the top 10 or 8th yeah. or 7th or ninth, And... That that was I thought I, it's only my personal view. I thought that was a factor uh, definitely come the end of the season. Um, and as you said, that that season when we went to Swansea, we were winning one 0 with only ten minutes to go. We could have finished eighth in the Premier League, and we got beat two one. That 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 I, t- I I tell you what happened then. David left after that game. David Kemp because he just thought that we'd hit the ceiling with the group and we needed to change needed quite a few changes um, and he pulled me afterwards and just said I've had an, I'm going back to California I can't blame him wanting to go back to California yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you know Dave left and that that was um, yeah that was the lead up really to the season uh, before I left yeah that was just stepping back a little bit I believe just that sort of summer of of 2016 you know that's sort of Finished. This is around the time where, where Jeremy P sold the club to Gouch and Lai, yeah. who, who we'll, we've got a couple of questions about. But, you know, Jeremy P said, you know, they've done fantastically well at West Brom, took him to the Premier League a number of times. You know, were you sort of privy to the fact that he was he was going to be yeah. selling that summer, Tony? Or Yeah, no, Jeremy, when I, when I took over at the football club, Jeremy had said that he'd built the football club up. Um, he'd he'd um, invested in it. He, he'd, obviously, the training ground was... I thought it was very good, very, 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 very pragmatic, but good. It wasn't over the top. It wasn't, you know, you're not you're talking about gold handles walking through and, you know, diamonds around the blinking television, all that stuff. It was very good. It was a good working gym, good facilities. You know, we had a very, very good medical side. Mark Gillette was fantastic. You know, the doc, I fell out with him the first couple of days and then afterwards we were, you know, we were best of buddies and I still ring him today. Um, he, he was running. I thought Jeremy, for me personally, as a manager, was brilliant. Mark Jenkins, Richard Garlick, they were good people. They were good football people and they knew what was necessary and what was needed. And they were Albion people. They'd been at the club for a long time. So uh, to actually come in and, and come in with a reputation at Stoke as well and walk through the Albion... To have those people who, you know, they they, they were really, I, I always thought, thought they were 100% behind me. I always thought that they were uh, um, willing me to be successful and willing the club to go in, in a certain direction. So when it changed, when, when you know, I had, uh, Jeremy actually came down to Poole, where we live, um, and had dinner before he left, his last day before he left and went over to, to Jersey. And we had dinner together down down at the, the restaurant at the bottom of the road. Um, 
and and we had that sort of relationship. He was he was really like I say, I thought a real real good chairman for me personally. Other people um, will have their views on Jeremy, but you've got to speak as you find in football. And he was he was he was good. Mark Jenkins was excellent. Mark, me and Mark had um, a good knowledge of the finances. He understood what was happening, what wasn't happening. He would put me right at times if I was trying to chase someone I couldn't afford or we couldn't afford. You know, he would be my contact. He would speak to Jeremy. He'd come back. He'd be very honest and open. And Richard, Richard was just a wonderful guy. Again, good football man. Good football. But they were, they were all Albion. You know, they wanted that. You know, the structure of the football club. There was people in there who wanted the Albion to be successful. And if it meant spending another six hours working to make it better, they would do it. It wasn't one of them where they were doing Albion a favour. You know, they, they they weren't, you know, those type of people where other people you get sometimes, you get a feeling at football clubs that these people who are being paid by the club are actually, they believe in their minds, they're actually doing the club a favour um, for the club paying them. Um, but I, I, I really, I had a, a really good relationship, like I say, with the doc, with Richard, with Mark, and with Jeremy. So everybody above me, you know, I felt secure. I felt I felt there was a, a, a very, very strong structure there. And that, you mentioned there, obviously, the, the change of the guard, Jeremy Peace left, sold the club to, to Gouch and Lai, who, you know, currently the situation is very much a mess at Albion. But back then, Tony, what was your, you know, your first maybe meeting with the, the Albion owner and the, the, the hierarchy, the Chinese owners then, what was the first impressions really? And was it a case of, you know, this takeover's happened, I think it was in the region of sort of 180, 200 million. Was it a yeah. case of we're going to have money to invest and we're going to kick on? Or how do well, you, re- you reflect on those times? Yeah, John Williams came in as chairman then. Um, I didn't know John from from Adam really, but he'd, be, he'd been successful at Blackburn. He'd done a good job at Blackburn. Um, and he's a lovely man, someone I respect, and I mean really, really respect. Um, so he really, he was my contact more so with the Chinese than anybody else. Um, but it was a difficult situation because um, it, uh, the times I met Mr. Lai, you know, he was brilliant. You know, we went, we went to um, Hong Kong and he came across and we, we, we uh, we went across to, to meet him and have a day out with the players. He was really good. He came down to my house that season, that final season. Um, and uh, we had a good chat about things through an interpreter again, which was difficult. Um, but John was my contact. And I, I just, listen, I, I, I signed a new contract at the end of that season. And with Kempy leaving, with Jeremy going, with Mark leaving, with Richard leaving, there was a little bit of me that thought, you know, it's it. This is not going to be, and I, I'm Johnny. Listen, I'm I'm not a, an easy person to work with because you know I get I get very, um, what's the word I'm looking for, um, very focused, and I can't see anything else through the trees. I I just you know this is my vision. This is the way it should be done. That's the way that's made us successful. We got we've got to make sure that. You know, we don't have any wavering year or wavering year or wavering there. And the, the club at, at the top just changed. Obviously, like I say, I had great respect for John. But then other people came in and, and were doing what Mark was doing. Other people came in that were doing what Richard was doing. Other people came in, that, you know, started with the recruitment and, and this, that and the other. And 
you know, it, it, it almost that thing that I'd really, uh, what's the word, I'm fed off, um, that, that togetherness, that strength, that knowledge that they were real, real Albion people, that tended to drift a little bit away. And, and there was doubts in my mind about this and doubts in my mind. And then Dave left, who, was, who had been with me for 20 odd years. And that, that season, we went to Hong Kong. We had that uh, tournament in Hong Kong. So my pre-season wasn't the pre-season that I would usually do. Um, although we came back and we had, you know, I think we won the first two games, didn't we? And then I think we drew with, I think Crouchy scored for Stoke and we drew one each. They scored late on. Otherwise, we'd have gone three straight wins. But there was that just that little bit of something in me that, that, that wasn't right. Um, and once I get that feeling, I'm an absolute nightmare, Johnny. Yeah, do, reflecting. Because <laughs> in... That, that was sort of ju- July I have to 26. Admit, now that I'm out of football, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Know, I, I just get I get this, you know, this feeling, and it and it once it comes, my wife yeah. will tell you that, you know, she'll go out for an afternoon if if I get if I get you know in that in that <laughs> mindset. But um, you know, I got I get through it. I can get through it, or it can fester. Yeah, and I think think that was like July 2016. I think Tony. So on the pitch that season, 16 17. You had a good, oh, cap- had a good season, campaign, you know, you yeah. passed a thousand games as a manager, which I'm guessing yeah. was a proud moment. And yes. eventually Albion finished 10th, you know, yeah. so on that, the field, that was, that was it was all good. That was the worst part about it, because I thought we should have finished 8th. But that 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 win at Swansea, would have, we would have finished 8th in the Premier League, which would yeah. have been a fantastic achievement for us. Finishing 10th is, is fantastic. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not taking anything away we'd from snap, that. We'd snap your hands off for that these <laughs> days, Tony. But, but I, I was... <laughs> I was really, really, you can't believe that journey. Uh, I drove home that night and you can't believe how disappointed I was. And I, I can remember speaking to Jerry and to Kempy and they're both going, we finished 10th. And I'm going, yeah, but we could have finished 8th. You know, and, and I know Solomon, Solomon, I don't know if you can remember the game. Solomon missed a great chance just after half time to make it 2-0. You know, he went through with a keeper and blazed one wide. Um, and if it had been two, it would have been all over with or, or whatever. And we ended up finishing tenth. And like I say, that that was uh, that was a that was a great season. I thought it was a great. I thought the lads. I thought we were that season. I can remember going to Chelsea and drawing two each. Remember Chelsea away from yeah. home. And Mac, Mac, uh, McLean scored a great goal late on, left foot goal. Gardner um, scored as well. Yeah, and and I just I just felt whatever team we played. We could be competitive against whether it was a top six team or whatever. Man City were off the wall then, um, as they are today. But the the rest, you know, you, you I honestly thought well, we could compete with anybody. Um, and you know, there was a there, there was a, a feeling of satisfaction in that respect from what we picked up um, and where we were. But then, like I say, little bits and pieces just start falling off, and you just start worrying. And I, I, I am. I do notice loads of stuff that goes on, and you just wonder whether the players have, uh, you know, that that finish. Whether the players have just got a little bit complacent. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you had, uh, you had. There was one summer at Albion where you signed. I think it was the first summer after the takeover. Um, just want to talk about players. The only player still in the Albion squad who was there when you were there, Tony, and you signed him. Matt Phillips came in at Albion. Um, yes. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about him. You know, he's, he, 
currently in very good form for Albion. Um, <laughs> I've been a good player for Albion over the years. But yeah. just talk about him. I remember at the time well, he was he, someone he, that he, Albion had tried to sign for quite a while, yeah. I believe. Johnny, he, he, he looked really, really insecure. He didn't look anywhere near what I thought he was going to be. And then we went to Leicester for a night game and he scored two goals. That's I don't it, know yeah. if you can remember. Yeah, yeah. Two great goals. And from that point onwards, he was a different player. He played that season, he played exceptionally well. And it, I, I think it just shows, Johnny, how with, with these players today, um, you know, that little bit more confidence that, 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 that they can um, gain from a good performance or from, from Matty scoring those two goals, um, how much they can change in, in respect of their performances. But he's a great, he's a great lad. Yeah, he's a really, really nice lad, Matty. Really nice lad. I think at the time he cost sort of five million pounds. When you look at it now, an absolute bargain. You know, it must be sort of credit to him that he's still money, doing the money, it at the level he is. Yeah, the money that people are paying now for players is just ridiculous. I'm watching players, you know, they're 35, 40, 50 million pounds, and you're looking around and thinking, you know, what are they contributing for that much money? It's just gone. It's just, it has gone silly, absolutely ridiculous. But there yeah. we are. That's the way, you know. That's the way it is now. But then, um, yeah, he, I, 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 I like Matty. I thought he was a decent player. Chris. Was he one of them? But you, you know, you look at him and you can't question his ability. Was he a case of an arm around the shoulder type player would bring the best out of him? Yeah, yeah. He didn't like criticism, um, and he didn't respond to criticism that well. Um, but he was, he was, yeah, he was definitely one that uh, you'd kiss and cuddle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. t- t- only, sorry, no, I'll, I'll get people blinking, banning me, <laughs> saying kissing and cuddling. Tony, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, t- t- just on that, sorry, Johnny. Um, you touched on it there, uh, putting an arm around Matty, and you know, some players not responding to criticism. How, how did um, how did you enjoy or didn't you enjoy man management? I, I presume it's something you you know you had to you had to relish really to have such a the, lo- the longevity as a manager you did because everyone's different, aren't they? I, th- I, th- I think the biggest thing for me was always treating the players the same. Yeah. And if anything, picking on the, the, the so-called best players. I, <laughs> I would pick on the best players in the team. And I always had this thing um, that if you hit them, then the ones underneath would look around and think, oh, my God, if he's dealt with him like that, what's he going to do if we take a step backwards? Yeah. And that was my philosophy right from the word go from start, start of management. Whoever was the main or the player looked, players looked on as the main player or the top player or whatever, he'd always be the one I'd target. I can remember at Palace, Jedinek was the, the top man there. And the first coaching session we had, I was looking really, it's a terrible thing to say, but I was looking really to, to, to get after him. And he played a square pass and got cut out and I stopped him and I absolutely hammered him. And, you know, everybody took a step back and, and thought, oh my God, you know, and I knew then straight away that the people would respect me in 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 that everybody was going to be treated the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to touch on some more individuals, Tony, in terms of sort of because recruitment, you know, some very very good recruitment when you were at Albion. Um, I think that same summer there was sort of a couple of players who maybe contrasted. Um, Albion spent thirteen million on Nasser Chadley that summer. Um, someone who'd come in, you know, Chadders Chadders was absolutely fantastic. Again, the problem we had with with, uh, Chadders was right at the back of his time, that season that we we went to Swansea and and 
like I say, finished 10th instead of 8th. Right at the back of that season, there was two clubs we knew that were into him uh, and offering, offering him a lot more money um, than what we were paying him at, uh, at the Albion. And he was washed name. He was, uh, um, yeah, his head was turned, unfortunately. You know, that at the back end of that season, with about, I think, six or seven games to go, his head had been turned. I remember going to Watford and we got beat at Watford and Nasser missing about, he could have had four goals. It, it was just, um, and you sat back thinking, you know, if his head was on it, he would score those goals. But he was a top player. He was a fantastic player. I don't know what you thought about him, but I thought... Yeah, he was, he was you know, on his day, he was absolutely fantastic. I, I think, you know... Albion fans were probably left a little bit, like you say, they're disappointed in the end. Was he difficult from a sort of Lewis's mentioned man management? There was it. Was it sort of difficult to deal with towards the end he, from that he, point of view? Yeah, he, he was. He was. He was absolutely fantastic initially. The start off and everything else. And he was flying at the start, he, I believe. Yeah, it was all fresh and new for him. I think he had a yeah. point to prove with the players. And I don't. I, I. I. I believe I actually gave it one of them. Chad, as you come into a club now, it's not Tottenham where you know you can stroll around when you haven't got the ball. This is a club where you have to work off the ball as well. And the players will respect you. You know, I I had that chat with him, which I always did with with players who are so so cold, who've come from the bigger clubs. They'll have more respect for you for the work you do off the ball. They know you're you're talented and this, that and the other. I thought he bought into it absolutely fantastic. But we had a... a, a, Going back and, and thinking about it, we had a little inkling just after Christmas that, that people were were starting to um, gather around him, different clubs. Um, and then it just it just went from, at the end of the season, it went from, I think, you know, people really getting stuck into him. And I don't think he, he that, that back end of the season, I don't think he, he really was 100% concentrated like what he was at the beginning. And that, that and Johnny, unfortunately, that happens, mate. You know, with yeah. the top players, yeah. if they're at smaller clubs, other clubs get into them, agents get into them, and they start pounding them. You know, you can get 20, 30, 40,000 pounds a week more than what you're earning at the Albion. And, it, you know, it's just human nature, um, human nature. And it was, it was disappointing. It was disappointing for me because that following season, he never turned up for pre season. We went away and he never turned up for pre season. I think he'd been away with, uh, who was it? Whatever his country was, Belgium, Belgium, I think. Yeah, and yeah. didn't come back. Um, didn't want to go on pre-season. He felt he should have a rest, and he should do this, and he should do that. And it just, yeah, snowball from there, really. Yeah, it was disappointing. Right, he was a top, top player. Yeah, top player. Top on player. the on the flip side of that, you know, sort of Chadley obviously left Alvin with a, a bad reputation with the supporters, but that's somebody who bought in Hal Robson Carno on a free really late in the window, and he's someone that Albion fans really really took to during his time yeah. at the club. Um, how do you reflect on that sort of signing? Yeah. Tony, obviously not playing yeah. anymore. He, but he, Yeah, he was, he was wasn't he? Obviously, he'd done very well for Wales in the Euros. That's and, it, yeah. And, and got a couple of goals and everything else. I, I, he was unfortunate, really, because I actually thought Solomon was, was our nine and I wanted to play with one off rather than two up there. Um, and a lot of the times... Hal was always banging on my door saying I can do this and I can do that. And he was a pain in the backside for doing that. But I respected him for doing it. He was a, he was a great 
professional, worked hard, came in every day, worked hard. When he played, he gave everything. It's fantastic touch and control, and he'd keep the ball. And when you're winning games, you know, in the last 10 minutes, quarter of an hour to bring him on, you knew that he would do that for you. He would he would retain possession. He'd get you up the pitch. Um, and like you say, he, you always knew he'd be a crowd favourite because of the work he put in, not just his ability, but his, the work he'd put in. And, and like I say, he, he, you know, he did really well. Really yeah. well. No, he did really well. And sorry, just to talk individuals and stuff. That final summer you had um, at Albion, you know, players that came in, like Gibbs, Barry, Rodriguez. You mentioned just a, a little while ago about, you know, after a lot of people left, Richard Garlic and stuff, and other people came in recruitment. Albion signed um, Zhang Young for 6.5 million that summer. Um, a, there was a, a, a player who came in from, from China, well, I believe. There was, a, what, there, was a, there was a couple of players that were brought in that year that, um, you know, the club would, the club was changing. I was going to say, it didn't look like your signings, to be yeah. honest, Tony, and I can't imagine you're a manager who would probably yeah, put, put club, up with that too know, much. Like I say, the, the, the club had changed behind the scenes um, and there was a different, uh, there was definitely a different angle. Um, and where, you know, as a manager, you would have the say in bringing people in and have it, now all of a sudden you have this cr- recruitment um phase that everybody seems to have uh, now bought into but then it was uh it was new to me and then certain like you say certain players are coming in that you know they obviously they told me about them and obviously they said that it was you know they, good investment for the football club and good investment for this and they're younger players and we'll be able to sell them on and we'll be able to do this and we'll be able to do that with them and um i think berkey was another one um i wasn't 100 convinced on um, but that's the way the club, you know, it was it was going, it was going that way, it was going that way. Does that frustrate you, Tony? Because, like you said, a good investment. No, we look just, at it just cleared my mind on what I wanted to do. The, yeah, because you look at those two players, yeah. you talk about investment. The lad who came in from China never played for Albion. He was six point five million. Oliver Burke cost fifteen million from Leipzig, and yeah. you know he was, you know, he's gone on to play at various different clubs now. He went back to Germany. I think he's he was at Millwall the last time I looked, but. Um, he was really poor for Albion. You know, that's a lot of money that could be spent elsewhere, I suppose. Or well, could have been. you know, I, I, I just think, that, you know, that the, the situation there, John, John um, and as I said, I got tremendous respect for John. I just think, you know, John, John and the recruitment team um, had this, I think, that this in mind that they wanted to invest in younger players and people who would have um you know a value to the club if they came in and did well and and this that and the other and and their their perspective was investment for the club then to go on um to for these players to come on and do well whereas you know before like i say i, I you know i always felt um results for me uh, uh bring in you know i i i thought lico edwards kane Wilson, you know, Sam Fields, Tyler Roberts, people like that. I thought that was there, there was a real good crop of young players underneath what we had. And I, I honestly thought that with Fletcher bringing Gareth in, Barry and people like that, although Gareth didn't do as well as, as the Albion supporters would have liked him to have done. But bringing pros in like that who were very experienced with Johnny Evans, these kids could only get better. 
even if they were just dipping in and dipping out, dipping in and dipping out, you could then loan them and bring them back in. I, I honestly thought the recruitment people at, at, at West Brom at the time were absolutely fantastic and were pulling really, really good players. Um, and, you know, they, they were they were players I knew and I played in League Cup games or whatever or gave them little bits here and little bits there. I'd have been much happier doing doing that than, you know, if they wanted to invest in, in you know, these little diamonds, they thought that if you paid X amount for him, he'd come in and do well, then you'd get a big return. And, you know, they're, they're you know, they're, they're yeah, you know, that's, and I'm not having a go at John. I'm not having a go at the people who were doing it. I think they were doing it for the right reasons, um, but they just weren't, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just wasn't the way it was. No, it's so. To be honest, Tony, that's freaked me out a bit because it's almost as if you were reading what I've got in front of me. Because my next question was about I've got Lecco, Edwards, Field, and Tyler Roberts all in the list. Um, <laughs> you just wrote play- them down, John. I'm saying it. You you mentioned those players there. We've actually had, we had we've had Sam Field on a couple of seasons ago, and he's gone to do fantastic things. Linked with moves now when he's at QPR. Um, at the time, you know, you you said you gave those those players chances. Um, do you feel in the end, obviously Jonathan Lecko's, I think he's been in League One, as Carl Edwards is back in the Championship. Do you feel, you know, obviously they left after yourself. I think Tyler Roberts went while you were there. Was there maybe missed opportunities with with those players? You know, they could have gone and maybe done good things at, at Albion. You know, I, I you thought, should... we we used to bring we used to bring the under 16s up to play against the first team on a Friday, a Thursday and a Friday. So we'd have a squad say of 20 outfield players. Um, and I always thought Thursday and Friday, the, the, the lads who weren't going to start on a Saturday needed a little bit more work. So Kempy would take them sometimes or Jerry, Jerry or, or one of the coaches would take them down the bottom pitches and they'd have five sides against each other and, and be a little bit more competitive. And I would bring the young players up as a team and then the under 16s would play against the first team. And you'd, I'd see these kids training and they, they were... They weren't just technically good players. They were physically strong as well. Um, and they had pace. They had a good awareness. You know, I had, you know, Sam's done brilliant at QPR. Like you say, could get a big move. I always had, he was technically excellent. Never gave the ball away. Lacked a little bit of pace, really, if if I was being perfectly honest at that age and strength. But that that looks as though it's come. And, and the way he protects the ball, looks after the ball, Tyler has had injury problems. Kane, I always thought Kane and Jonathan was always going to be it on Miss, Miss Lecco, but on his day could do stuff nobody else could do at the club. You know, there was a good, there was a good solid group, and they just needed um, a little, most probably a little bit more encouragement and a little bit more um, involvement to to have pushed on. Um, and it's most probably it's a. It's an area that's, uh, you know, that, that, that has been our chance that the club have missed, really, to have kept those players. Yeah. Even if we loaned them out, got them experience and then brought them back in. Because they were all Albion nuts, which I think is important as well. I keep saying it. But I think if you get those people who, you know, I talked about Jeremy and Mark Jenkins and Richard Garlick and people like that, um, who, who were first and foremost for the Albion you know that that was, you know, their club. Yeah, we, we've talked there about sort of transfers and stuff as well. 
you know, I'm sure there's a, a lot of names or targets that you had trying to come to the Albion, Tony, that didn't quite come off. Was there any, you know, any big names that you tried to bring it? Obviously, you brought in big names, the likes of Evans and Fletcher, who were a real cooch for, for Albion at, at the time. Was there anyone you tried to bring in and almost got over the line, but the deal never sort of happened well, in the John, end? Or John, John Williams, um, uh, and I can't remember the recruitment people then, had said Maguire, um, but I thought Johnny Evans was better than Maguire. Um, and, you know, they, they'll argue that Maguire went to Leicester and then got sold for an absolute fortune to Man yeah. United. So, um, but I thought Johnny was better than Maguire. Um, and one or two others, um, I can't think of at the moment. Did you ever have a chance to sign Virgil van Dijk, Tony? Because that's something that's been talked about yeah, in the past. Yeah, we, we was name. We, we uh, uh, Jonathan Gould obviously had played at Celtic. Um, and Gouldy had mentioned him on numerous occasions. Um, so you know that that was on the, that was on the you know the scouting that that was on the scouting network and that was on the the you know the but that never and nothing. I think whether he was whether we thought he was going to be too much uh, or too expensive, I honestly don't know. I don't know what he went for in the end. Um, was it? Big? I don't think it was big. Mine might have been big money then. It's not big money now. Because he went to Southampton, didn't he, from Celtic? Southampton, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah, he was definitely one that was, um, yeah, was brought up. Yeah. Just and then we're moving on to sort of the end of that time at Albion. Then you know, I think you were unbeaten in the first three games of that season, but a difficult run obviously culminated in your in your leaving the club, Tony. What 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 sort of went? You know, could you put your finger on anything that sort of went? wrong at that point or did you just sort of uh, run its course? I, I think, yeah, I just think it was a bit, I think it was a little bit of a build up of everything that was happening around the club. I don't think that I felt as um, secure. I, I felt as though I'd done my job, um, you know, and I just felt that, that, that there was mo- there was more moving pieces at the football club than what they, they'd been previously. Um, I never, and I, I, I'm being really, really honest with you now, when I left the football club and we'd had a bad run and, and everything else, I never, ever thought the club would get relegated. I thought the team the team was, was good enough. I brought Gary in. Gary was there at the time. Gary Megson. Yeah, Megson, yeah. And I actually, I can remember saying to John, that I'd give Gary the job. And I honestly thought they were going to give him the job. I think he went to... He got two. He was Newcastle two unbeaten in his, in his run. Newcastle yeah. at home. Then he went yeah. to Tottenham. Got a great draw at Tottenham. And I honestly thought that was that was because Gary knew the players. He'd been in that dressing room and knew the players, knew the setup and everything else. And I, 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 I really, yeah, I know Gary had a very, very difficult, uh, different experience with Jeremy than what I did. Um, and I, I know that that. You know that was well known with within the football club, but people had left who had been with Jeremy at the time. They'd left, to, so it was a clean sheet. I just thought Gary was the right. I I still say to this day, and and I, I don't want to be uh, negative about it or anything. Else. I think if Maggie had taken over, I think the club would have stayed up. I really I really do because he had an handle on it. He knew um, he'd worked with me. He knew what I was thinking at the time. He knew I I most probably dropped off a little bit because of certain things that had happened. And he was the one who would come in and he could step that up again and take that on. But, you know, it's happened. You have to to get on with it. But I I really do think Gary would have been the ideal replacement. And the crowd loved him. You know, he was a big... Of course. 
favourite with the crowd. It just it just looked, um, and I, like I say, I, 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 I you know that that uh, that time I had a really good chat with John and the Chinese people came over, <coughs> and I just you know like I say I'd run out of gas. I felt it was time. I think it was important that the club really 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 you know got to grips with things again. And Gary haven't had the experience of those two months with me or whatever, and with the players. The players respected him as well. The you know it, it was a it was a good changeover. It would have been a good changeover for the club. I don't know what you two think, but yeah, what well, I, I, yeah. I remember I remember going to the Newcastle game and you know I think Sam you mentioned Sam Field there he scored in that game. Yeah, just what was your thinking around bringing Gary in Tony because he'd been out of football for about five years before he, he came in with you at, at Albion. Um, yeah, I like, I like. I've always liked Maggie. I played for his dad. His dad gave me my debut. Um, really, about hundred years ago. <laughs> um, I actually went up to Don's funeral. Don, Don uh, of course, yeah, up at Sheffield. But um, so I, I, I knew Don. Obviously, um, Gary at Bristol Rovers and everything else. And the times I'd met Maggie, the times I'd managed against him. You know, he was, he, he was, you know, Gary had a, had a, a real good, strong reputation of putting teams together and having them well organised. And, you know, they were competitive and they gave everything. And if they didn't, then Gary would get after them and this, that and the other. And I just, I, it, yeah, I just felt with his association, you got to realise my, my state of mind at the time, but his association with the football club as well. Um, and people thought, you know, and people said to me, Carl, you've brought in a, Big crowd favourite, you know. You, you know, the, yeah. It's not you. It's you know, Gary's the the one that they love, and this, that, and it. And I said, I'm not. That has never ever affected me in in any way, shape, or form in my life, in my career. You know, people have opinions, and they can. My job is to get results. I just thought Gary was was the ideal replacement in in. Oh, sorry, replacement for Kempy. He knew the club. The club, the supporters would be, you know, good with it. Um, and he, you know, he is and has got good standards in respect of wanting to win football matches. Yeah, it was. Um, no, it's a really, it's really, yeah, it's really interesting to hear your point. And, and I think at the time, you know, I, I remember as now being finally expected him potentially to get the job as it transpired. You know, Alan Pardew came in, which was a, it turned out to be a disastrous appointment for the club. You know, defeats, you know, stolen taxis in Spain and, and stuff later. And, <laughs> And Albion were, were sort of relegated. I just want to talk about the back end of that. So obviously, you're not there, Tony, but Darren Moore took over. Someone I imagine was sort of around the wings of it when you were there. You know, I know he was loans manager at some point, um, working with the kids. Um, who's gone on and had a, a really good, really good start to his. Or uh, I suppose still start. He, he, he's relatively <laughs> young in managerial terms. But what was what's your, your thoughts on him, Tony? I, you know, he's an infectious character. We've had him on here. Everyone loves him, and I'm sure he was he was great to have around the place when you were there. Well, I had him at uh, Portsmouth. He was my captain at Portsmouth. Of course, of course, yeah. So I, I signed him. Oh, sorry, he was there, and I would signed Linvis Primus as well. Took Linvis Linvoy uh, from Reading on a free transfer. So they were my two centre halves. Um, I just love Darren. I, I've just got so much. We we speak. We still speak now. Um, and he's rung me on a few occasions before and after what has happened at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, 
when I went to the Albion, he was round the fringes doing this and doing that with the kids and, and everything else. And then I got him more involved with the first team, brought him over, brought him to games. He came to games with us and everything else. He was, as you've said, Johnny, everything you've said, he's infectious, uh, mm-hmm. he's knowledgeable. Um, but the biggest thing about him is just a wonderful human being. He is just he is just a lovely, lovely man. You know, he can be he can be ruthless. Um, but take football away as a human being. He's one of the nicest people I've ever met, ever. And that's uh, that's a real tribute to him, his wife and the daughter. Um, he's brought his family up well. I, ju- I just think he's, you know, he's just. Yeah, fantastic lad. Yeah. He, he was actually he was he was actually there on pardon me, Johnny, on Saturday. Um Tony is an invited guest sort of received oh, former players cap from the club and probably you know got the biggest applause of the, the old day, even though they won. So um yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah love. Well as you two have just said, you know, how, how can you not like the big fella? Exactly, yeah. You know, he he was just unbelievable. Uh, and as a player I had him as a captain at Portsmouth. Like I said, when I went into the Albion, I brought him more closer to the team. Um, and I always thought he'd go on. It's just his statue, just the way he is and everything else, that he would be a leader. Um, and yeah. it, hopefully, fingers crossed, now he gets uh, he gets a job quickly and gets back into it. Uh, yeah. I'm sure he will. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced he will. Yeah, I'm sure I like he will. The mani- I like the manager you've got there now. I, I think, oh, yeah. Yeah, I met him. Um, when I managed at Middlesbrough, when we managed Leeds, um, I thought he was very good lad, um, very very focused. He looks mm. a very very focused individual, um, and fingers crossed, you get a couple of players in now before the deadline, and it gives you an opportunity, a chance. That league is all about momentum, and if you can pick up momentum and get it going. Then it's amazing how much that how far that will take you in that league. I, I really do. It's it's a real tough league, but momentum yeah. is everything. And yeah. if you can get two or three results together and get that belief within the club, not just on the pitch but on the terraces as well, then um, who knows? Who knows? Pardon me, then, Johnny. I, again, Tony reading minds. Just uh, it, it it was a head on the script to ask ask about Carlos and um, for for a young guy. Obviously, he's had a couple of roles, worked under Bielsa. Obviously, coming through, he he has a bit of a reputation for himself in football as a coach, doesn't he? And um, we it's, he's had a great start at the Albion, really. Given you know what what I suppose what he came into, where the club were in regards to the table. Yeah, he's like, like I say, he looks very organised. He, he he looks as though he's got control of people. I think he would. Um, he'd be one of them. First, first in in the morning, last one to leave. Um, and he would, you know, he'd be eating, drinking, and sleeping, and thinking about, you know, what he should do and everything else. As I keep saying, you know, the, the good managers sleep with one eye open all the time. They, they, they can never rest. And I, I, Carlos seems to be, like I say, I, I met him, I think, only twice. But he just, yeah. he just kept. Obviously, Bielsa is such a big character in a room, but. You know, Carlos was got engaged in the conversation, and he just seemed. I, 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 you know, I think Albion have got a good manager there. I think they should um, do their damnedest to keep him, and do their damnedest to back him, because I really do think he's a good manager. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, I'm sure Albion fans will will, uh, will love to hear that, Tony. Just a couple more before yeah. you've you've been very generous with your time. Um, you spoke a bit earlier about when the the owners took over, and, and you've said how things were changing and. 
maybe people were losing a grip of certain things. Obviously, the situation now, which I'm sure you're fully aware of, um, with sort of off-field problems, you know, the owner wants to sell the football club. I guess hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I'm sure you wouldn't have envisaged things going quite as they have done back when it all sort of started. Uh, Johnny, I, I, if you look at the squad that, that we left, it was a better squad than the squad I took over. Um, you know, when I took it, when I took the job from Alan, you know, Alan Irving had left that team behind. I think the squad that we left is a better squad than that. And that squad with Alan stayed up. Um, you know, we, we managed that season to keep that, that, that team and that squad up. That squad that I left, um, and it was my decision. It wasn't the club's decision. It was my decision. Um, that that squad we left. I don't think that squad should ever have gone down. And I, once you go down, it's ever so difficult. Then I know you did it a couple of times with uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Slavin Bilic took him back up, didn't he, Slavin? Yeah, Slavin uh, and Tony did as well. Where you bounce back, uh, you know, it it, it, it is. It's different. The championship is a relentless league. I preferred, if you ask me, I preferred managing in, in the Premier League, not because it's the Premier League, but you had more time to prepare for the opposition. In the championship, it's, what is it, 14 or 15 weeks of three game weeks. You know, it's just relentless. So you haven't got the time to work on stuff. So really, you're playing, recovering, playing, recovering all the time. Whereas in the Premiership, you you have more more than not, you've got that time to actually start work. You know, my my, my I was I was absolutely play the game Saturday. I drive home. By the time I got home, um, I'd have spoken to scouts who had been at the other the, the the opposition that we were playing the following week. On the Sunday, I'd have a tape of that game. On the Monday, I knew what I was going to do. I, I'm, I'm, whether I just walk through it at the end of Monday, but Tuesday I'd work on it. Wednesday we usually add off, but Thursday and Friday then. So three days of that week would be preparation for the game we play on Saturday. In the Premier, in the Championship, you've got no chance of doing that. No. Um, it's 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 relentless. Um, but Carlos seems to be one of those lads who can handle that. And think, fingers crossed for the club because I've still got all the clubs that I've managed, all the clubs. Still got tremendous feelings for and respect, and you want them to do. You know, people say, "Oh, you left that club. You don't want them to do well." You don't. I'm not one of those people. You know, what has happened has happened. It's been part of my life, and everything um, about it. And like I say, even you know the difficult times at the end. Yeah, I, the people were good people. John Williams was was a really, really good man, Re- and I mean a really, really good man. And there, there was. Never any doubt in my mind that what he was doing was always trying um, to make it better or to do it in, for the benefit of the football club. And unfortunately, it never worked and you find yourself in that position. But, you know, I hope the supporters really, really do get behind Carlos. I hope he gets a couple of gets the opportunity to bring a couple of, even if it's long signings, mm-hmm. a couple just to boost the squad. And then you get on some run and, and like I say, that momentum. The crowd, the crowd are massive. They're, they're, they're going to play a massive part, as they always do. But especially in the in the championship, you get that crowd, you get that ground full, and you get them behind the team and the manager. And it's such a difficult place. You know, we were beating teams in the Premiership we shouldn't have been beating, and 90% of the time it was because we were all together. 
all together. And when I say all together, you know, it's 20 odd, 25,000 plus the team, not just the 11 players on the pitch, but 25,000 plus the team. And that's why, you know, we had such great results there. And that, that's what you've got to get back to. Yeah. And it brings us nicely, you know, finally to it, Tony. We always like to finish on this sort of reflection with our guests. You know, how, what is your sort of overriding memory at Albion? Obviously, Albion have never been higher since you were there, you know, 10th, 13th and 10th. How, how, you know, I'm sure we would long for those days again. But how, how do you reflect on it? What's the, is there any overriding moment, you know, memory from your time at Albion? Yeah, there's a couple of funny ones. Um, the first time we went to the ground, we walk up those stairs, you know, the stairs that take you up to the, the, the rooms at the top. That's and, it, yeah. Yeah, as we're walking up there, they've got a list of the managers. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, of course, yeah. And as we're walking up, Kempy turns to me and he goes, Tom, I wouldn't be buying an house up yet looking at this list. <laughs> <laughs> These managers don't last long here. No, you're right. That was my first one. And then after that, obviously, the supporters, I, I got some stick initially because of the Stoke stuff and everything. Um, but I, in the end, I think I think we won them over um, and we had some great times and some wonderful times. I met some wonderful people there um, on and off the pitch. People, you know, people around the area that I lived in who were massive Albion supporters, a couple of Villa supporters as well, but massive Albion supporters. The people at the club, like I say, Mark Gillette and all the, the medical side and coaching staff, uh, the, uh, the fitness side were brilliant. Jeremy, uh, I still think, and I know a lot of people will criticise what he did and what he didn't do. I, I think Jeremy was fantastic for the football club in, in lots of ways. Um, Mark Jenkins, Richard, all, they were all good people and I enjoyed it. And I, I, I actually felt that you had the academy as well set up properly. There was people working that nobody had know their names, but they were getting good players in. And you just felt it was I I I played my part and my time had run out. I I'd run out of gas and I accept that the, the last couple of months were, was difficult. But I always had that feeling that the club could go on. And it, you know you know like Brighton have done and Brentford have done, it would go on and go on because the structure was in place. So yeah, I just wish everybody, you know, the best. I hope they, um, I hope they have a really, really good run at this, this year. Um, and you know, fingers crossed, all the good times will come back. 